Welcome back to a brand new episode of Two Please. I'm your host Abhin, and I'm your co-host Rohit. Uh, today, I think we're doing another spoiler cast-ish episode. We've done one of this in the past. This for House of the Dragon. This it seems to be happening exclusively for HBO shows for some reason. But because they're the best, you can't, yeah, you can't really fault good content in a month where HBO is now withdrawing its uh, its uh, content from the Disney Hotstar library, throwing many. An urban subscription into into jeopardy. Absolutely. Um, I mean, if you don't follow sports and if you don't like Marvel, there is almost no reason to uh, keep the Hot Star subscription. Yeah, there's a shit ton of regional content in there. Uh, I assume there's there's a market for it as well. But uh, yeah, in terms of English speaking content, uh, it's not looking very good. For the Disney Hotstar landscape, but that's all besides the point. I feel like I've once again deviated from what I was about to introduce. This is our spoiler cast episode on the recently concluded uh, Last of Us series, based on the game of the same name, uh, starring Pedro Pascal and uh, Bella Ramsey. Uh, it tells the story of Joel Miller and Ellie. I don't know if she has her last name. I should, uh, as they make their journey across uh, a, a apocalyptic, a post-apocalyptic America, in a bid to reach a, a group that may help find the cure to their current predicament, which is. But before like, that, yes. Before you reveal the whole thing, let's start the show. Let's start the show. There we go. <laughs> I am big. It's the picture. Okay, so I feel like I've kind of introed the episode before, but I'll just I'll try and summarize it once more <laughs> um, for for those of you in the back. Uh, again, story of a guy named Joel Miller who's kind of lost everything in life uh, when the pandemic, when the global pandemic. Can you call this pandemic? pandemic. It is a pandemic. <laughs> it is a pandemic. Yeah, it is. A it pandemic. is a pandemic. Yeah, it's a cordyceps fungal pandemic, not a virus. A fun- pandemic. Yeah, so a fungal pandemic hits. Joel Miller loses everything uh, and is living a, a life just scraping by, uh, completely devoid of any sort of humanity. Uh, in comes this girl who may be the cure to the fungal pandemic uh, because she's been bitten by these zombie-like creatures called the infected, but yet has not turned, so she turns out to be immune. And Joel is then tasked with bringing her to a group called the Fireflies. In, Initially, uh, they're... Set, the show starts in the Boston QZ or quarantine yeah. zone, as it's called. And mm. the task on, on the outset is very simple. Just there's, I think, state house or something within the, just outside the Boston yeah. QZ uh, mm. where they need to drop. So the mission starts off very simple, but then, you know, it's just like Zeno's paradox. You never really get to complete the mission. It just keeps on increasing, increasing. And that's how the show plays out. But I mean, mm. before we really get into the nuts and bolts of the show, given that you have played the game, I know I mm. haven't. Uh, as I was mm. telling you the other day, I'm I'm too much of a a coward to actually 
play that game because it it looks scary as fuck to me but given that somebody who has played the game uh what are your thoughts on this generally on on the the quality of or the faithfulness of the adaptation and what was your relationship with the game vis-a-vis how do you feel about the show actually i am going to throw a reverse uno card at you because Go i have a lot to say about the question <laughs> i have a lot to say about it because see the thing is i have this is a an entity or a property or an ip that has been in my life for the last 10 years or so and there's a lot of mm. back story as to why i want uh i mean what i think of the game and what i think of the series but you uh, as you mentioned gave me your several reasons as to why you haven't played it this was like a fairly a mm. uh, new experience for you so i i'd love yes. to know that perspective as to what it was um you know for somebody who was viewing the property as a fresh new thing for the first time and how it differed from let's say other zombie slash infected properties in the past so uh, firstly i wasn't unaware of the story of the last of us because as you know quizzers curse you you are vaguely course, yeah. aware of most famous things in pop culture uh, so i mean i had a fair idea about the story and uh, i mean even before the show was announced and all i i i, be, I broadly knew the beats of the story uh and with the show coming up i sort of like i told you the other day i, I saw playthrough videos on youtube just mm-hmm. to get a, a sense of how the game played out and understand okay i have the context of how the story in the game uh played out because i wanted to sort of mimic the experience that uh, someone like you might have had which mm-hmm. is that you have the context of the game because i feel having that additional context enriches your experience hmm. uh, it might lead you to nitpick a bit i know there are people who are just like hate this specific moment wasn't there or that wasn't there but i had the benefit so to say that i wasn't as close to the game because i hadn't played it yeah uh, it was just the right amount of context where you know okay i know what the game does doesn't do let's see if it plays out if it doesn't play out i have no I have no what do you say horse in the race I'm I'm fine hmm. it doesn't you know piss me off so I had a fair bit of idea uh, and uh, I feel what Craig Mason uh, and Neil Druckmann Neil Druckmann obviously was the director for the game as well uh, hmm. it, firstly it was great that he was there as a as a you know force of continuity from the game to the TV show so that you know that adaptation does not go haywire and hmm. Craig Mason obviously comes from great pedigree having helmed the show Chernobyl which i i would say is is somewhere in there in the list of greatest you know one season or a limited series out there mm-hmm. so great show runners to have and uh, there's a podcast that they have as well accompanying podcast release, the yeah. where i have that they release uh, an episode after each tv episode that drops um mm-hmm. in which they repeatedly keep saying that uh, their approach always was we keep what works we know mm. what it is that the fans really uh want to retain as in the essence of uh, the story we keep what works mm. and wherever so neil is somebody who was basically helming continuity and craig mason mm. came in from a lateral perspective saying hey can we do this hey can we do mm. that mm. and basically i'm sure they, a lot of stuff was thrown at the wall some of it which made sense to both of them stuck hmm. i'm sure neil neil's job was basically to validate things saying hey this doesn't make sense this, this makes yeah, sense this, hmm. uh just a couple of examples i mean i know i'm jumping ahead in terms of the plot line but a couple of hmm. examples i know for a fact that 
aren't in the game but made their way into the show because it actually adds to the story one is the fact that mm. uh, in the game you don't have the whole connected uh, cordyceps network uh, concept no. Uh, no. which they call the wood net or something there's a in mm. which is a real life thing fungal mm. networks exist in forests where if you mm. uh, if you give a stimulus to a mushroom or any sort of fung- fungus in one part of the forest there is a good chance it could be uh, connected underground to a, a fungus in a different part of the forest so this is not something mm. they had to create out of thin air yeah they, and either they have to create the, the virus the, the fungus so to speak the fungus is a real yes. life fungus cordyceps is very exactly. much a real entity exactly entity, which uh, i so mean they took this ants and this has it affects ants yes so you have these zombie ants if you if you've mm-hmm. heard of them basically the yeah. uh, fungus takes over motor functions uh, of your body so mm-hmm. it pretty much you are alive but you can't control your body which is you're basically mm-hmm. a prisoner inside your own mind it's a terrible mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure ants don't have too much sentience but imagine mm-hmm. if that were to happen to us it would be terrible so anyway coming back mm-hmm. to the point that as a plot point was not there in the game but they added that into the show and so far mm-hmm. they've only used it once to drive the plot forward i'm hmm. guessing slash hoping it plays a larger part in uh, the second season but already there's an improvement there right you you see hmm. that there is an another added dimension of danger which didn't exist in the game the other one being a character change they made again i, I will talk about this when we come to the uh, appropriate episode or the corresponding episode hmm. but the character of sam in the game is not deaf hmm. Mm, yeah. but in in the tv show they decided i think craig mason had had the idea what if sam was deaf and mm. uh, i remember for for both these ideas when sunil so says whenever when for both these ideas when craig came and approached him and told him this neil was like you motherfucker why didn't i think of this before <laughs> so i mean that's when you know you have a good idea right so i, I really yeah. love the approach they've taken but i feel the show has been uh successful in retaining what works and adding something that enhances it that said mm. the one criticism about the show which i do tend to agree with to a certain degree is that there mm. aren't enough infected in the show yeah mm. uh, obviously you can't have as many infected as in the game the game mm. your battles beat with fireflies beat with infected are to mm. for lack of a better term pad the length of the game otherwise it yeah. just ends up becoming an 8 9 hour play play time which mm. is i mean you don't get mm. your money's worth yeah and a, a story adaptation does not need to have so many infected and realistically you can't you can't kill so many infected you can't kill so many people unscathed you will die so mm. you know they have to tone it down for realism but i felt especially the latter half of the season felt mm. a little bereft of infected could have ramped up the tension a little bit more using that that that's just what i felt So mm-hmm. somewhere in between maybe a little more but not too much would have helped but other than that i mean like i said they they takes all the boxes amazing performance loved it hmm nice and what no, answer my question okay <laughs> <laughs> fine okay i will not answer a question with a question again so let's go back to the late 2000s and this was the time i was aware of uh, the fact that i was engaging in a naughty dog game this was the second entity in the uncharted franchise uncharted among thieves uh, and phenomenal game it's like if you ever wanted to uh, a simulation of the Indiana Jones franchise this was it and uh, drake's deception the third entity was also supposed to come out about 2 3 years later and the last of us was announced and i'd seen a, a 
uh, a gameplay trailer for it in E3. And very similar mechanics to Uncharted, you know. Uh, obviously a lot more stealth and ultimately ended up picking it up. And it took me two years to finish the game. <laughs> and it's a 15-16 hour uh, gaming experience. But it was so emotionally exhausting. It's not even about it being scary. I get that, you know, uh, we, I lived in an era where Dead Space came out and scared the holy bejesus out of all of us. And this was no Dead Space. Yeah. Yes, there were really creepy elements to it in terms of the infected because you have the three types, rather the four types. You have the runners, you have the clickers, you have um, the stalkers, and you have the bloaters. Uh, and you didn't, you didn't get to see much of the stalkers in the show, but rest assured... Extremely annoying to deal with in the game. Uh, you can't. Th- the game relies heavily on listening for, out for sounds, and the stalkers are the ones that you can't really hear out, so they just jump you from any corner. They're essentially yeah. invisible enemies. Yeah, exactly. For all yeah. intents and purposes, yeah. Yeah. a massive pain in the ass. But again, it's a very simple story. It's a story that you've heard, or like a form, a format you've heard um, of in plenty of other stories across all sorts of mediums. And as I got to play the game and go through with these characters, even the story may have, you know, the story may have been very simple. It was deeply touching, and you really formed an emotional bond with these, uh, with these two characters and the people they met along the way. Like when uh, you first meet Tess, and then you you go, you spend quite a time with with Tess in the game because you're you're running, clearing out rooms of infected, uh, and then there comes a point where she. Uh, you realize she's been bitten and uh, you, you have to leave her. And I think this is one of the few parts of the games that they flipped. Then you run into Bill, who is this wisecracking dude uh, in the game, but you don't really ever meet him given what they do with the storyline in this game. Uh, and mm-hmm. then you spend a considerable amount of time with Sam and Henry, even though uh, Sam is in death, but you spend uh, a lot of time just walking and talking with these characters which is why what i think really benefits the game in terms of developing that relationship with the characters because even though you may be like going from like building to building uh, cleaning out clickers raiders fedra agents you name it it you still have that um constant line of communication uh, with with all these characters so when the emotional beats beats hit they hit harder uh, yeah absolutely and, i you that's a brilliant point in fact i was struggling to articulate it the way you did which i think the reason uh, what we might call those those fight scenes or the, all of the fighting mm-hmm. that you do together might be to increase the length of the game but inevitably there's a lot of dialogue that happens while all those fight scenes are happening exactly, when you're yeah. killing you're clearing rooms and because you stay with those characters a lot longer the connection is a lot stronger in the game than in the tv show which I don't know if they can help it, but it is what it is. See, the story of the game, this, the first game is very cinematic. Has always yeah. been uh, a very cinematic story. I think even for those of us who first played it, we're always of the opinion that this would make for a great movie, this could make for a great TV show, mm-hmm. if executed well. Obviously, you have, at the time, you weren't really confident about uh, it being executed well, given the track record for video games that have been adapted to, to mm-hmm. television and film. Uh, so everyone is a little hesitant to, um, you know, to say that okay, we this this will work well on small or big screens uh, alike. And 
it's not just the fact that you know when you're clearing out the rooms that you're having these conversations with with them it's just that as you're walking through desolate post apocalyptic uh cities and you're just scouring for um for materials because this game is adopts um the mentality or rather the the gameplay systems of uh, of the resident evil universe where items or like weaponry and uh, and medicines are frugal you have to conserve and you have to make uh the right decision you can't like um expunge a whole gun of of bullets on one zombie and expect to take the rest out um with just with, with just a a baseball bat that doesn't work you need you need to be smart mm-hmm. about how you go around using your resources and it's during these time these small little um slice of life moments in the game where you really develop that connection with the character the, the show is very faithful to its source material of course as you mentioned like uh, it has it had neil druckman in as a, a um as a creative guide and some of the fans of the game weren't too happy about it given his history with uh, with the or rather his association with the last of us 2 which we'll get to i kind of don't want like get to yeah yeah, yeah. i'll get I mean, to uh, just to just to make a small point here i i did, i think yesterday i finished watching play through of the last of us 2 as well i'm not going to get into spoilers but people who are unhappy that neil druckmann or people who feel that game didn't work are fucking idiots they didn't get the message of the game at all yeah so it's just uh, there's there's a whole I, I mean, I have I can go on about the Last of Us too, but I, I'd rather not. <laughs> so, so it took me. I remember playing. Coming back to this game, I remember playing the game, and uh, when I finished it, like what in 2015, <laughs> I said, "I'm mm-hmm. done. I'm never playing that game ever again." It was just too <laughs> exhausting. And they announced the Last of Us too. I think about two years after that, and I said, "Fine." Just when I when when I thought <laughs> I was out, they pulled me back in. Uh, and played through the last of us 2 in uh, in in july not more grueling emotionally and physically like it's a longer game and it's just oh it's like gut punch after gut punch it is uh, i'll save my thoughts for, about it until the until we yeah, get yeah. In, yeah at the end because i i don't want to uh, yeah, I, I mean, I mean we should do a, a small bit on what we speculate the subsequent seasons will be i think we can talk about it in more detail then of course yeah So uh and then I, when they announced the series I was curious I'm usually very open minded when it comes to casting choices so Bella Ramsey and Pedro Pascal I was like oh nice okay let's see what they can do not what I would have thought as the conventional choice for for Joel and and Ellie but uh let's see what um they bring to the table no complaints on the casting they're both exceptional characters and what this the show did for me was the moment I watched the first episode I finished the episode I went into my PlayStation and downloaded The Last of Us again and by the time the second episode had rolled around this is a weekend I was bedridden I was it's like early January right uh, mm. I've not had the best couple of months health wise so I've just been sleeping uh, for most of the earlier parts of the month so I just spent that one week in lying in bed just playing The Last of Us and I by the time the second episode had rolled around I'd finished the game because it, it was that tiny <laughs> uh and I now wish I hadn't because it kind of marred the viewing experience of the show for me a little bit because through the game I once again got really close to these characters and mm. in the game it felt like we were running through cliff notes because this is only nine episodes and even though in the show there are certain mm-hmm. yeah so in the show I'm sorry yeah in in the show mm-hmm. uh, there are only nine episodes and at points it felt like we were running through the greatest hits 
of the yeah. um, of the game in a 45 to 50 minute um, episode i i completely understand your point and i was thinking the same thing when you were speaking right uh, is that because we don't spend as much time with the characters maybe we don't form as much of a bond with them or mm-hmm. you you cannot get into joel's shoes as much as you would want to to understand what he decided mm-hmm. to do again i'm we'll get yeah. to the point when we do but is what is the solution here i w- i was trying to approach it as a writing exercise right today morning i was mm-hmm. having this thought with myself and given that you both you and you and i have these conversation we're trying to do something on that front i was just mm-hmm. trying to approach it as a writing exercise in the sense that now so what are you saying is the solution do you add more dialogue do you add more interaction what is the f- correct amount of interaction you know it's very easy to get that wrong i would say the last of us has got it a little wrong to a degree a little mm-hmm. more would have been fine but you know it's easy for you and me to sit here and say hey maybe some more interaction would have been fine mm-hmm. but sitting in the writers room when you're you know writing out how do you make that call it's a very difficult call to i buy the relationship i just feel like at times it it felt like there was too big of a jump for us to have made when joel and eli suddenly get close because till episode 5 he's kind of like on the fence about her and mm-hmm. then there's the and, and then there's episode 6 the whole yeah jackson will, that they have you yeah. then yeah even he's like he's still not it's only after that fight that they have where you see you know he says you have a choice or whatever and then yeah i would have it, liked to see more of that at least one yeah. more episode of um, you know of yeah, that relationship it would have been perfectly fine yeah i don't know why we ended up on nine and i think that was that was one of my gripes but in terms of how the show looks in terms of how the performances in terms of the pacing i have had no issues with it whatsoever it a perfect first episode and some of the additions that they've made to the show yeah uh, everyone talks about episode 3 which is story of bill and frank which i think is wonderful uh but what a start the thing that doesn't get talked about as much or at least when it first was released it was widely discussed but has since kind of um, not really come up to conversations mm-hmm. uh, in, when it comes to the series is the indonesian sequences where the professor is pulled mm-hmm. out of a class and or pulled out of her lunch and then she is taken to a facility where she detects cordyceps in the person and uh, that's the you second know, episode they, yeah second episode and they ask her what is the next step and she says bomb uh, and that was a really yes. powerful moment because i would have seen yeah. as from from the game you've kind of seen everything i would have loved to see how the world just not just america was impacted by the cordyceps fungus and i would have liked it in, in terms of like you know the way they approach these cold opens w- was what um, i assume would also be the case for episode 3 but they just went full <laughs> full in on the bill and frank uh, yeah. uh story that's i would have liked to see more of that i would like to see some more world building some more cold opens yeah yeah because the game does a very good job of telling you the story of joel and ellie i am of the opinion that okay you have a, a wonderful source material you need not adapt it beat to beat and it the show i'm not saying the show doesn't but you could sprinkle in it sprinkle a little more new like new imagery or new uh, stories that mm. we haven't seen before even for those of us who haven't played the game uh, i know i it's I, i sound like i was very disappointed with the show far from it i think it's a wonderful show possibly the best video game adaptation we've had in 
ever <laughs> uh, yeah i mean what's the competition there is <laughs> mortal combat mortal combat 1995 is probably up Please. there i mean that, that's like you really reaching right there uh, i mean mortal combat is a fun movie but it's i mean it's not going to win any awards last of us is a legitimate like you know critically good what do you say it it's classically good it's not like hey this is campy fun or whatever but uh, anyway sorry back uh, a little more on your point i was just thinking i agree with you and i i kind of liked the whole you know obviously the first episode shows day 1 of the infection mm. yeah uh, but the first two cold opens sort of showed day 0 if you get what i mean mm. one yeah. to was in like the 19 the first or cold opens in the 1960s or 70s or whatever mm. but the second i really like the second cold open it was like day 0 it's before anyone even knows that you know you have something yeah. ominous on hand and also i really in that cold open i like the inversion because usually mm. if you see i mean it's a scientist and an army guy talking it's usually mm. the army guys who advocate for you know hey let's shock yeah. and all let's bomb the fuck out mm. of these guys. and scientists are like hey let's figure out a, a more peaceful solution they really it's a nice inversion of that trope where the scientists like fuck that fire bomb everything because that's the mm. only way you can deal with this mm. it's just it I, i forget what the actress's name is i um she's a very famous who, indonesian actress she's very famous indonesian name. actress yeah and and she in the way she conveyed that you know when she picks up the her, her cup of tea the tea cup and her hands are shaking quivering. yeah yeah hands are quivering as they ought i think drakman directed that episode in it uh, yeah yeah and it was really a really uh, wonderful start to the start to the episode that Damn, that I that trigger like, scene in the second episode was hardcore dude I have I have an issue with the clicker scene. <laughs> again, I feel it's I too noisy. Don't they make too much it's, noise? It's not forget noisy. It's too fluid. It should be a lot more. Oh, gang guys are the, the yeah it, yeah. It it felt like they were they were very fluid and the clickers. I mean, this is me having probably game bias. The clickers are a lot more contorted and they they, they move yeah, in yeah. like. uh in bursts very spa- spasmodic yeah. movements yeah, yeah exactly spasms. yeah and, they don't and that's like okay it's too clean to be a clicker <laughs> yeah but, okay, but again my, you know, my game bias is showing proper nitpick yeah 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 that's that's just but as a scene as a tense scene it it really delivered i felt i mean oh yes there yeah. are there are maybe with the exception of episode 4 which probably was the flattest of the lot so to speak in terms of mm. uh how the story went and episode 7 left behind helps to build ellie's character but i felt was a little the you know the momentum was sort of lost other than that every mm-hmm. episode i feel has great moments that are memorable that you can you know look back to and be like oh damn that was yeah that was pretty cool so we should talk about it does have its three. moment mm-hmm. yeah we should i mean yeah let's let's get that out of the way because that's that it's not really part of the main storyline so to speak mm-hmm. and uh, and we can just quickly run through the rest of the episodes yes episode 3 is a fully uh, original episode that does not exist in the last of us it's hinted at yeah. in the games uh, where you run across bill who is this kind of survivalist and he's been making traps to to trap to, to trap clickers all sorts of infected as well as raiders in in his little uh, neighborhood and you and you go to him for a car battery and you battle through hordes of infected and to to his friend's frank to his friend frank's house and uh, you get there and frank has hung himself and there's a moment where uh, 
you kind of tell you can tell that bill is heartbroken but there's not much is alluded to it because i don't know why I mean, not dude, he just he does say uh, he was my partner yeah. i mean and there are some people i've seen in the comments of the video like are you purposefully dense like it's <laughs> so clear he says partner when this guy mm-hmm. he sees his body he's reacting in anger but he's that anger is a manifestation of his sorrow he's clearly yeah. sad that frank is dead you mm-hmm. guys are like oh it was bill's friend i'm like guys guys come on <laughs> come on guys anyway so but yeah uh, i mean the show takes that uh, hint and then they just sort of uh, manifested a masterpiece out of it i remember you texted me the morning after you watched it and i hadn't watched it yet i got got to it much later that evening uh, and you're like dude i was really uh, affected by it when i first saw it Yeah dude like i was in like proper tears I, again in hindsight now it's like hey using uh, on the nature of light is a cheat code it's like if mm-hmm. if if you just play on the nature of light on a on a video of me taking a shit it'd be like wow what a soulful <laughs> shit man oh my god <laughs> <laughs> but i mean you know it is it's 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 like musical it's a musical cheat code but that mm-hmm. said uh keeping the montage aside which for me was the highlight of the episode what, what the reason the episode really uh, resonated with me is it's a love story and mm. the fact that these are two men are incidental mm. uh which is the best sort of same sex love stories that you can have right where mm. the same sexness so to speak is not a focal point not uh, at all i feel mm. the same way about call me by your name i've mentioned mm. this before it's a love story they just happen to mm. be two guys Uh, i feel the same way here and i mean i'm just trying to think of the different things i loved about one was this the other was the fact that uh such a courageous order such a such a left of field decision to cast nico ferman in the role of bill because i mean i'm sure you know when you're casting him that he comes with a certain image and when yeah. people see him on screen they expect a certain kind of character and the first 10 minutes or the first 15 minutes of the episode he very much is that character he's a hmm. reclusive survivalist a buff survivalist hmm. who's like uh who doesn't like other people you're like yeah this is basically ron swanson in the apocalypse makes sense cool hmm. but then when mari bartlett's frank comes in who by the way mari bartlett is fuck that guy is good looking and charming dude like he is so watchable on screen his manner yeah, his smile his eyes hmm. he's dude like he makes you question things so charming <laughs> what a what a presence on screen uh, mm-hmm. so when frank comes in and if you on repeated viewings i saw there's a lot of unsaid uh, conversation there's glances there's smiles there's a lot that that goes unsaid between the two of them in their mm-hmm. first interaction itself and from there when uh, linda ron starts uh, Long, I mean, sorry, uh, Nico Ferman's rendition of Linda Ronstadt's "Long Long Time" leads to that kiss, and you see the song. His rendition has really moved Frank. He's in tears, and mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh, okay. So I wasn't reading it wrong. The they are interested, or they are into each other, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you see this in the course of this relationship, this this coarse sort of person who has walls up around him. These walls start yeah. to break, and he. learns to let in at least one other person and somebody who had no interest in uh, forming relationships who was actually mm. happy when the town was evacuated and he was like yeah i'm finally on my own is now mm. afraid of dying because 
he knows that he, his job or his purpose is to protect frank hmm. and uh, that whole evolution of a character is just beautiful and beautifully essayed by nikofman and i feel mari patlet's performance as frank is equally if i wouldn't say if not better but equally good just that nikofman it's so unexpected hmm. uh, is why that performance hits harder uh but both of those performances really added to the to my enjoyment of the show of the episode mm-hmm. and uh, again great musical cues that whole montage and the 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 way they took the story like fine you know these two got together there is a bit of joel and tess in there for mm. having some sort of connect to the main plot mm. uh but then you see it ends heartbreakingly in the fact that frank has probably als or some sort of degenerative yeah. disease which is incurable mm-hmm. and uh, frank has i don't know if you've noticed so there's a there's a scene where frank so obviously they show that frank does a lot of paintings of yes, people around yeah. the house and mm-hmm. on the day and the end of the day or the, the day before the day he decides he wants to end mm-hmm. it you you see that frank is painting bill and its hand slips So mm-hmm. for Frank, it's like, hey, I can't even do this anymore. So I, yeah, this was the one of the things I used to live for. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. that I saw that as a trigger for him to decide, okay, I don't want to live anymore. And he tells mm-hmm. Bill, okay, I want to give up. And for mm-hmm. Bill, it's a no-brainer. Hey, the reason, my reason to live was mm-hmm. to ensure you're safe. Mm-hmm. If you're not here, I'm not here. I have I mean, no purpose anymore. That message anymore, is yeah. done to death. Yeah, that message is done to death in a lot of Hindi movies, in a lot of movies, mm-hmm. but. it's the expression of that message which is just so beautiful and the whole montage of their one last day is just chef's kiss the whole dinner sequence where they're sitting on the table and, they, and he pours himself a bottle a glass of wine from the bottle and they have a conversation yeah. and he tells him that um you know this you is you are my purpose you yeah you are my purpose and that's what is written in the letter as well that you just need to save one person like start with yeah. um uh with with saving one person that's all that's all we need and that's kind of that episode was a big was, was like what kind of softens joel's stance a little bit with regards to ellie and mm. because someone comes into his life he's uh, once again very disconnected and uh, cut off from from his own feelings and he said and and bill mentions that that one person will will give you purpose and that will change everything and that's the first seed that gets implanted in Jules head as they make their way uh, out of Bill's compound a beautiful episode i remember watching it thinking to myself damn sad it had everything it was a, an emotional yeah. roller coaster of an episode it had its yeah. funny moments as well it had it had everything also i just realized i remembered the one other reason i i said this episode sort of resonated with me it shows a relationship over what 17 years and uh, you realize that over the course of 17 years these two have become so codependent on each other uh, i couldn't help but related to my own experience like now mm-hmm. punam and i have been together what 2000 30 14 years or it will be 14 years this year mm-hmm. 13 years this year mm-hmm. that's like more than 40% of our lives so mm-hmm. after watching the episode i was just like I, like a thought experiment like what if i were in that situation and i had to imagine mm-hmm. something were to happen to her and she's on there i'm like bro i would be totally lost like it's uh, it, I, you can understand mm-hmm. bill you can understand mm-hmm. bill you're like dude then like what is the point even 
and they are the older sure. also like forget mm-hmm. i was sitting in her 30s or whatever they are mm-hmm. the older for him there's like absolutely no point without frank so i i totally especially in that world in like especially in a world where yeah even more so in that world yeah, like the world that is trying to kill you actively if you just step out of yeah. it so there's there's little to little to nothing yeah uh man but yeah let's let's move on to the larger plot risk the the plot of the, story. the main plot <laughs> the main plot <laughs> one of the first people we end up meeting uh, on the show is Stess who i think is Joel's partner at this point it's kind of hinted at uh, or I, it's established it's, it's, it's that cliche you know they don't like to give it labels but yeah <laughs> that like is Joel's partner uh, yeah. and played by Anna Todd from from the fringe and from Mindhunter and i instantly took a liking to her and i was this was the time when i was i just about wrapped up the game So I was interested to see just how much time we'd spend with her, and the answer to it is not a lot. But in spite of mm-hmm. the short time that we did spend with her, she really left a lasting impact on on me personally. And um, I think her exit from the show is different from my exit from the game. Like in the game, mm-hmm. she gets taken down by federal agents, so she stalls yeah. for time, and then that's when that's the first part of the of the game where you. take on federal agents for the for the first time really highlighting the fact that in in a world filled with infected zombies the humans in somehow continue to <laughs> the the humans continue to uh find ways to find them yeah. yeah outshine them when it comes to cruelty but in the but in the show they they flip it around in what is the most disgusting scene in the entire show where uh, a infected approaches Tess who has been bitten and um he was a little fungal um stalks it's a fungal that, ethernet cable that comes out yeah like basically yeah, it's just <laughs> it's not the most pleasant to look at but that's one of the only uh maybe one of the, one of two times that we see a horde we don't really tend to see a lot of hordes in in yeah and in fact this is where that modification to the game comes into play it's i think mm. joel or ellie one of them steps on a bit of fungus mm. and through that network uh, of fungal communication is how uh, infected all uh, in the nearby regions all get the message that hey there are there somebody has stepped who has stepped on this bit of fungus in the capital hall order so that message gets relayed and that's why that's why you have this whole horde of infected that and of descends upon the capital building i i quite i remember really liking um the sequence when it did play out and when we the next time we introduced to like the newer characters as we are introduced to sam and henry in a building and we spent some time really getting to know them once again too little time uh, <laughs> with sam and henry i definitely wanted at least two episodes there's a sequence in in the game where they go into this little um sewage no, tunnel and yeah and uh, they uh-huh. kind of discover a whole like little um, neighborhood in in the in the sewage yeah. tunnel where there will be people living and i forgot the other guy yeah and uh, there you and you just discover their their story through notes which is the really yeah. cool part of of the last of us you keep um, yeah i mean the the that format of storytelling is old enough it's an epistolary even like dracula is an epistolary novel it's it's notes but mm. to use that in the game and you know and of craft a whole world uh through that is is amazing so it's mm-hmm. like telling a families or a, a community story through notes and they do it beautifully both in both games yeah. it's just done beautifully 
Because I mean, and to come to think of it, at least for the first, the second one is a lot more complicated. I won't get into it, mm-hmm. but the first game story is not something revolutionary. Even in no, the no. zombie genre, you have person A is tasked with overseeing person B has to get them from point A to point B. It's not something mm-hmm. that's for one of first of its kind. What really makes the Last of Us stand out in this crowded space is a like we said. the characterization i mean the characters the depth to their to these characters and their interactions and b especially in the case of the game the world building is what yeah. really really uh, there's idiosyncrasies to each of them these notes a lot of thought has gone and you know if you don't if you're not the kind of person who is going to sweep every room for your duct tape and scissors and what not you're not going to come across these notes So a lot of yeah. effort has gone into something that may not even be appreciated, and mm-hmm. I mean hats off to that sort of commitment, right? Like people may or may not appreciate this, or may not may not get this, but hey, this is the world we are building. This is we are going to put out a product which we poured our heart and soul into, and it's very very mm-hmm. evident in every aspect of the game. Yeah, oh for sure. I think one, it is a labor of love, and um, it shows. It, it really, it really, really shows. Now coming back to Sam and Henry um mm-hmm. by the time you got to the episode were you on par with what was happening like were you also where had what had you seen first did you had you seen the game uh, storyline or had you seen the the story the show storyline No I'd seen the game storyline before and by now you should, should know I've been mm-hmm. I I love spoiling myself I think it's an addict I have a disease <laughs> I'm okay, not, so if there's something to be spoiled, I'll go. You, you don't need people to spoil it for me. I'll go and spoil it for myself. So I, I mean, I'd already seen the game playthrough, so I knew what was going to happen. But to the credit, uh, to the actors' credit, no, having that knowledge beforehand in no way uh, diluted the impact of that scene the way when it was played out on uh, for the TV mm-hmm. show. Uh, again, there are uh, minor changes made in that specific scene. Uh, one obviously sam is deaf and therefore uh, it's a very poignant point they make because the infected are primarily triggered by sound right even even if mm-hmm. it's a runner if you walk in front of them it's not sight that triggers them it's sound mm-hmm. so yeah. sound and touch so mm-hmm. for somebody like a sam who is deaf the fact that he is deaf and therefore can only be triggered by touch until somebody touches him it's it it at least to me it led to these questions of consciousness right has the cordis has the fungus really taken taken over or does that switch happen when you know the first time somebody gives you stimulus and that's when mm. you flip over to the other side so mm. you know in that moment where until bell uh, elly touches him is he really trapped in his mind not understanding what's happening cuz he's a little kid he's like what 6 mm. or 7 in the show mm. and you're just mm-hmm. like it simple change but it leads to so many questions if you want to go down the train of thought it's so lovely change there to make sam deaf and to trigger the possible implications of that choice and mm-hmm. also there's a scene which isn't there in the game where uh, in the game ellie doesn't know that sam is infected there's this mm-hmm. whole conversation that sam and mm-hmm. ellie have where sam asks do uh, people go to hell do do infected go to hell and that I mean, the game itself such a touching conversation because you know, mm-hmm. or rather, after mm-hmm. Ellie leaves the room, you know Sam is bit, and then you're like, oh, mm-hmm. which is why he was asking mm-hmm. all these questions, and you feel so sad mm-hmm. for him. In the show, obviously, 
Ellie is in the room and Sam tells mm-hmm. her that he's bitten and Ellie in this you know this teenage superhero mentality where she's been mm-hmm. brought up to almost I mean credit to her she doesn't let it go to her head but she's been brought up as or she's been told she's like this messiah right where mm-hmm. I, you are immune and you are going to heal the world so obviously mm-hmm. she's like hey maybe my blood will you know it's this magic potion that will the cure all and she just rubs some on uh, Sam's bite wound hoping that it it cures him and mm. Sam tells her will you look after me will you be awake with me and she fails in that duty because she does mm. fall asleep not that it would have changed things but changed anything I, yeah yeah but the so i'm sure the sort of survivors guilt you have from that saying hey i failed my duty and that's why mm. and my blood didn't work and that's why he's that's so much to put on a 14 year old i mean that this world if you really think about it, it is heartless and brutal like this world what just really keeps is. knocking you down the the world uh, last of is there was a there was one more change that was made um and in the game henry is this i mean he he, he gets around he knows um he's not one to shy away from uncomfortable yeah, situations he yeah. knows how to handle a gun they they subvert that in the game in the in the show uh, he's just a, a gatherer of information who sells out Kathleen's brother um to Fedra in exchange for for medication and he's never used a gun in his life he's like he's never had to use a gun in his life so which kind of makes the the moment where where Sam bursts out and attacks Ellie all the more um heartbreaking because the first time he ever uses a gun the first person he ever kills uh is Sam here's a little short story on on what it was for me because i remember watching this moment play out in the game and i i figured okay we might not see these guys again somehow but i never thought it would go down the way it did and the moment sam henry pulls the trigger on on sam and then he goes what have i done what have i done sam 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 and then put points the gun to his head and the game cuts to black um uh, that's what i thought that would happen in in the in the show i thought that would have been a great mm-hmm. way to end the episode leave your audience in shock but no what they did was they they went for one more gut punch as if we hadn't had enough yeah where they dig dig the graves and and she leaves the, that little notepad uh on on Sam's grave saying i'm sorry which which really crystallizes uh, our survivors guilt right sur- they really driving yeah. home the point she was entasked with taking care of yeah. him and she feels she didn't and that's something she has mm. to live with for the rest of her life but uh, actually we didn't talk about Kathleen's character and so Kathleen leads this resistance group and uh, basically this story plays out over two episodes episode 4 and 5 episode 4 is more mm-hmm. about that anti resistance group henry and sam come towards the end of the episode uh, mm-hmm. but uh, again you kind of have to give kathleen's character some time purely on in episode i remember after episode 4 people were like this character is a little annoying where where are mm-hmm. you going with this why was the addition made and um, then you realize that in episode 5 you realize her brother was the leader of the resistance group and mm. was the person henry had to sell out to protect sam and you mm. realize when henry tells the story to uh, joel that there is a self loathing that henry is also living with because he really mm. looked up to this man mm. and you 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 know uh, the seeds of what joel is eventually going to do mm. and i would say the seeds of the second game itself are sort of yeah. starting to be laid in this episode where on the mm. first part what i mean is henry has to decide do i give up this great leader who is 
emancipating our the entire city of QC for one person, which is my brother. And for mm-hmm. Henry, it's a no-brainer decision, right? Like my brother is mm-hmm. more important than fuck this leader. He's a great man, but this is my brother, so it's a mm-hmm. no-brainer decision for him. That's something that we will, we'll, you know, we'll we'll see that mm-hmm. being paralleled uh, or analogous to something that happens on the line, which we'll get to. And the mm-hmm. other part being because of this decision, Kathleen is now driven by revenge to the point that nothing else matters to her. She's yeah. willing to cross people. She's willing to put her own life at risk. In fact, towards the end of episode five, she literally dies in the pursuit of revenge. And hmm. again, it's that same thought that revenge, but at what cost? Revenge takes something from away from you. And when you decide to pursue it, it is with the conscious choice that hey, you are going to drive people away. You are going to lose things. again that's it's i feel it's a germination of a thought which we will obviously see play out don't give too much away <laughs> line yeah mm-hmm. but i feel all of that has its uh, seeds in these episodes so while people might have thought episode 4 and not 5 but episode 4 may have been a bit of whatever mm-hmm. everything builds is a part you know out of a larger picture so if for those of you when the last of us 2 comes up when the series comes out for those of you who are going to be shocked by something that happens uh, or generally the story the line the path that the story takes don't be shocked because you can see clues to all of it sprinkled across the first season so, so yeah. pay attention before or just have a rewatch before you jump into that season whenever it does come out um Kathleen I think was was an interesting addition because it was like she had fully given herself to madness and you could tell like she was yeah. grieving and grieve and and and, and grieving part of her turned into madness where for her she felt like the extreme choice was the right choice to have made uh, to make over and over again uh and it's the it's the innocence of melanie linsky that really sells it where you you look at her and you don't think of her to be this cruel heartless woman but exactly. it's the cognitive that, dissonance which adds to the experience it really does and you're just like wow okay that this is someone you're not meant to mess with uh and of course there's the whole hot sequence in the fifth episode where the the bloater shows up the one and only time <laughs> the one and only time the bloater shows up i don't understand the i mean for purely for cinematic purposes ellie and the and the clicker in the car makes a lot of sense but uh, in this chaos the clicker is not listening to somebody climbing into a car there's too much if anything yeah, there's no yeah. burden of sound So yeah, the clicker should was, just be like, ah, oh, too much, uh, too oh, much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just like certain like um, that kid do what kid, kid clicker was mm. uh, freaky as fuck, man. Yeah, I was contorting was, and uh, like whatever. I'm like, bro, please get the fuck out. Like, get out of my sight. <laughs> wow, uh, that bloater, man. Wow. I mean, I like the fact that in the show, a bloater is not you can't kill it. Like at this stage, the fungus has just won. It's so far advanced; it has created something that you're. Maybe it can be fire bombed, but you can't shoot at it. You can't stab it. No, you can't. So, mm. I mean, yes, in the game, game you it's a laborious process, but you can. It's it's laborious, but you can. Like eventually, you do yeah. kill a bloater, right? In the show, it was just like, mm, bro, just it's nothing. Game over. Leave it. Bloaters, Molotov cocktails, Molotov cocktails. Um, Shotgun blast, shotgun blast. It's that's flame the throw. only way he could have. Yeah, flame throw, flame throw. Not 
Do we have one by then? No, we get it so. towards the end of the game. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, end of the Salt game, Lake yeah. City, there are those two bloaters. No, that time oh, I yeah, found a playthrough. I saw that guy. I was just like, oh, I have flamethrower. Fuck this. <laughs> Done. Yeah, that was, uh, that, that was actually a fun... Uh, me and my cousin played through it when he was visiting. And we kind of got them all in one spot. Threw a bunch of Molotovs. Then... Uh, <laughs> Like got all the clickers and the bloaters in one spot through Molotovs, started chaos, ran in with the flamethrower and basically burnt <laughs> everyone to a crisp. It was, it was quite kind of fun. Um, but let's coming back to the, to the series. Um, post Sab and Henry, um, they end up going to the Firefly facility or, or like this little, I mean a Firefly facility, this small little firefly, yeah. town. It's their, own, yeah. it's their own utopian commune. Yeah, commune in, in Jackson. <laughs> And this is where you really like this. This episode does a lot of the heavy lifting from an emotional perspective because yeah. you're still yet to be sold on the fact that Joel really cares for this woman, for this girl, little girl rather. And this is where he starts to open up about about Sarah, about how what it did to him. Um, and so I think that the plan is to take Ellie to Colorado to to a hospital where the fireflies uh, are supposed, or to a university, right, where the fireflies are university, supposedly. Yeah. Yeah, where the fireflies are supposedly uh, camped up in. Um, yeah, that's what I was like. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> anyway, so um, so they, they end up going to the university. And this is one of my favorite parts of the game. Because you're just running around the university trying to discover for material and trying to get find some sort of news on where the fireflies have gone. And you're going through dorms which have like bloaters and clickers. And there are notes from people saying... Oh, we're just hanging out and waiting for all of this to blow over. We have the, mm-hmm. the nearby town is is just like has the supplies. I think we'll be okay. And there are a bunch of these small little college stories. Very, that, uh, very uh, March twenty twenty esque. Yeah, very March twenty. Oh, yeah, believe you me. <laughs> I was in college in March twenty twenty. <laughs> I know, I know the feeling. Just that every, I mean, nobody turned into zombies. Yeah, it's not like this. there was wide scale tragedy, but not to the extent of, of the yeah. events of The Last of Us. Uh, all of this happens and then there's a group of raiders that are like searching the town uh, that then jump Joel. And this is the part of the of the series I like, the change I like here. Because in the game, Joel falls on, on, this, uh, on this iron rod that pierces through him. And, From like second floor or something, like bro. Yeah, and then yeah, it, was, it was like... It was extreme suspension of disbelief because to pull him out of that and and like drag him around, uh, I like the idea here where he gets stabbed and it's and, and the wound is causing him to bleed out and he eventually faints. Yeah. I, let me just roll back to a couple of things I just mm. want to talk about in the episode. One is uh, mm. there's a conversation that Joel has with Tommy where uh, mm. this is the second conversation. In fact, there are two conversations that they have. Both are great. The first conversation is where you realize these guys have met after over a decade or so and they're sort of feeling each other out and uh, seeing where the other person stands. At this point, Joel is basically like, hey, I've come here for this. You need to help me. You need to take this girl and uh, take this girl to the Fireflies. Tommy's saying, I can't do that. I'm going to be a dad. And you can see Joel is happy for Tommy, but also sad Mm -hmm. because of the fact that he lost his own daughter. And being a dad is one thing that Joel wanted to do, which he can't do anymore. And Tommy is getting Mm -hmm. that chance. Yeah, Joel is conflicted. He gives a very, uh, you know what, we'll see how that works out, which is, I, I mean, it's maybe too much for us to expect him to be completely gracious about it. But Tommy goes and says, mm-hmm. just because you couldn't, 
something couldn't happen for you doesn't mean it can't happen for me which is mm-hmm. a little me a low and, blow uh, yeah, it's a low blow it, it is a low blow it is a low blow mm-hmm. and joel just walks away from it and the second conversation starts with tommy apologizing for it and joel really digs into what is really driving him to push ellie on to tommy it's not that he wants mm-hmm. it's not that it's a relinquishing of responsibility but it's mm-hmm. the fear that joel really talks about how he relives that first outbreak day and how he let down his daughter sara over and over in his mm-hmm. in his dream he, i think it's a great bit of improvisation which i got to know from the podcast episode that mm-hmm. uh, pedro pascal did which is that line every time i wake up i realize i've lost something it wasn't there in the script I mean, beautiful oh, damn, that's a wonderful yeah yeah it's a wonderful and, line uh, what a line to just come up with on the spot right i mean wow yeah. so i was a writer i'd just be like fuck what am i doing here <laughs> but uh, go home and then, we'll go home pig <laughs> <laughs> then you really realize that uh, it, he's not doing it out of wanting to give up responsibility he's doing it out of fear because he's terrified of letting ellie down like the way he let sara down and mm-hmm. you're like oh wow you really and, and then tommy also understands hey you know he's asking because he's afraid he can't do a good enough job and at that point you're like you know what joel is not wrong and then you're like okay mm. maybe tommy will take over from here if you don't know where the game goes you're like yeah, maybe tommy will take over from here but then you have that great which i would say is the emotional crux of of the first game the the interaction mm. that ellie and joel have because then you get to know that ellie is overheard this conversation between joel and tommy yeah. and she feels rejected naturally because she feels mm. the one person she has grown close to from her point of view is looking to offload her at the first given opportunity yeah. and mm. uh, she felt she had they had started making a connection and clearly that she feels i was wrong she feels rejected and so she's lashing out saying do you care about me if not then just leave like don't even talk yeah. to me and uh, she's basically she pushes him to admit that yes we do care for each other and mm. he says you don't have to worry about me the way you had to worry about sara i'm not like your daughter mm. and joel is like enough you know you're, you're In the mm. the line in the game is you're on mighty thin ice I know but they don't yeah. have the exact line here but he just says mm. dude you're like you shouldn't be talking about this so mm. stepping your boundary and he pretty much explicitly says yeah I'm not your dad you're not my daughter and you feel hey are those walls coming back up again for him but the mm. very next scene he goes back to sleep order to the house and you see him thinking and you realize no it's it was a reaction in the moment but it he's starting to come to terms with the fact that hey maybe ellie is not like my daughter and maybe i have to accept mm-hmm. the fact that yes i do care for her and mm-hmm. if i'm not the one taking care of her you know there's always that shit what if she's not safe and he's like mm-hmm. i have to see this through and that's why the next morning he presents it as a choice saying you deserve mm-hmm. a choice again which is not there in the game uh, yeah in the show that he he portrays it saying you have mm-hmm. a choice and Mm. The, the game is just like, it's just yeah the game yeah, is just like the game he just shows through. up he's like yeah let's yeah, go yeah let's go yeah he, he just says choice joel he just like yeah fuck all i just gives him the bag like yeah shut mm. up with your choice and trying mm. to position it as something you are making me do i know you want to come let's just go mm. <laughs> so i think that whole setup that whole build up to and there's a little bit of if you see when they leave uh, jackson till they reach colorado there's this whole monta- it's on montage because they do have dialogue where he's teaching her how mm. to shoot And, Cute, yeah. uh, you know that's their good time that that's mm. as good as it's ever going to get for them until at least mm. the end of the first mm. season and that's like that yeah. happy bit and then 
then Colorado happened. Then, like you said, he gets mm-hmm. stabbed, and and then that leads into episode seven, which is seven, uh, which is left like behind. Yeah. Where, yeah, it's a, it's a detour, and I really love this episode. I don't want to spend too much time on it on the interest of time, but left behind is the DLC that came with the Last of Us. Ellie and and, and Riley are um, spending a night at the mall, just having fun and, and goofing out. And this is the this is basically the night that. Ellie and Riley get attacked by by infected, and Riley is the one who dies, and Ellie realizes she's immune, and she feels like a sense of guilt, like because Joel keeps telling her to go to leave him behind. It'll slow her, it'll only slow her down. And this is and this episode really solidifies her reasons as to why she would not give up on him, as to why she not leave him leave him behind. Uh, and it was, it was a really wonderful episode. I had a lot of fun with it. It could have been. Shorter to accommodate more of present-day uh, yeah. scenarios unfolding, but still a lot of fun with, uh, with with that episode, which now brings us to episode eight. Now in the game, this is my favorite part or sequence of the entire series, where you end up in the snow, and like the shot of um, of the rabbit walking in the snow and mm-hmm. getting an arrow through it as as Ellie hunts rabbits and. Uh, it then begins to hunt a deer, uh, and this is when you stumble upon uh, David and James, uh, who are also out looking for food. There's more, like uh, David's character is given a little more depth here as opposed to in the game. In the game, you, you and him, yeah, you and him uh, take on a horde of infected together, which I don't think they needed to do in in, in the series. Uh, in fact, think also, about it. If there are those many infected running around. You can't have communities like safely living. Yeah, it it actually works for the game to make mm. combat work, but it's impractical to show that in a show. Like in too many show. infected. But when you when they first again now they, this is a different kind of commune. This is a commune where people are like starving and there's no food. Uh, people are low on on morale. And there's this preacher character that's going around and trying to. They don't rule really everything. talk about his role in the game. No, he's just a their leader. This whole preacher angle is added to this. It was added to the show. Yeah, this I think was hands down my favorite episode in the series as well. I think it really captured the horror of of the human element when things go really bad for you and like just just how low. Can one sink to? And this episode really, really captures that part of it. Uh, not just that, I think even in spite of things being bad, uh, David, who kind of comes across as this guy with good intentions, first albeit a little strict, turns out to be the devil himself by the end of the episode. Uh, and shout out to to my boy Troy Baker, uh, yeah. who shows up in this episode as James. The moment I heard the voice, I looked up from there. I was because I was on my phone, and I, the moment I heard his voice, I looked up and I put my phone aside. And I was <laughs> like, "Cool, try it's Troy Baker season. Uh, you have my undivided attention." And was was really good as James. It's not much, it's not much of a character, but you, they're really he's a legend, good actor. Really, I mean, voice acting. He's a, he's a great actor. Voice acting yeah. legend. He's a good actor. Yeah, yeah. and uh, his conversations with Ellie, David's conversations with Ellie really uh, hold weight and when the big reveal happens when Ellie notices a year in, in underneath the table in the room that she's kept in she puts two and two together and realizes that 
the people here have been eating or have been fed humans mm. uh, against their knowledge and um, david's like what would you have me do um in in then a little you learn a little more about his character i think you kind of get an, an undertone of it at the start but he really confirms it later in the in in the restaurant or in the grill house that they're in uh, where he kind of alludes to the fact that he's he's a raging pedophile so pedophile yeah, cannibal is yeah this this there's layers there's pedophile there's cannibal and in the end when he says the fighting's the part i love the most he's the most, like yeah. a sadistic rapist is like full trifecta achieve kar liya tumne but uh, i don't know i was just thinking i actually felt maybe i would attribute it to nolan north's voice for david mm. i actually felt david in the game was creepier hmm. i liked the chapter so i mean i'm in the minority here i actually liked the chapter mm. in the game significantly more than the show it mm. nothing against the episode great the I, in all of the other stories of the last of us the show is more or less close in some parts it's better mm. some parts it's same maybe marginally the game mm. might be better for me this bit the game was significantly better i felt the reveal mm. was hand or maybe because it's such a big reveal the reveal is a big part of the enjoyment so having known it before yeah. maybe i couldn't enjoy it as much but like nolan north's david voice is so creepy dude it is it is yeah. it just adds so much to the which i mean nothing against the guy i forgot the actor's name but it's just mm. that guy that they know not why he had that you know that silky you know this guy is trying to he's mm. nice Chow but you. there's a, at a yeah. gut at a gut level you're just like something is wrong something is wrong, wrong. that wrong. i wasn't getting with this guy i mean like, whatever i don't know this is my opinion it, like it had the, it needed that line for it to be like you know the line where he says the fighting the part i enjoy the most really like take him over the edge where that line's not in the game, yeah. the game yeah. it's just like it's never alluded despite, to the fact that despite that i feel that david in the game is creepy just that he doesn't trust me this has that voice you know you're just like ah oh, this guy oh bro the, the sequence in the, the diner was there i don't know diner restaurant name you pick but when one of the hardest ones to hide <laughs> when you're trying to hide from david and you're like not trying to walk over broken plates oh dude it's just uh, it's so it's unnerving it's so unnerving and this is after having taken on clickers and 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 stalkers and mm-hmm. loaders david just brings this uneeriness this creepiness uh, it really drives really over the points to the the worst monsters are the humans yeah that this is the perfect chapter in the game and in, even in the in, in the series to, to really drive home uh, drive home that point i mm-hmm. really enjoyed it i think in in the game um Uh, the one change that i really liked in uh, that that a lot of people may have issue with is when in the game joel discovers ellie in the diner on oh how can we, we cannot like buy, go past this episode without talking about the cruel side of joel because it's the first time you actually see it where yeah, like interrogates yeah and interrogation joel is it's again it's a scene to scene copy of the uh, um uh, of the game but pedro pascal i was worried if pedro pascal would be able to bring that sense of brutality and he oh, does he bring it he, there was like, this yeah, uh, blankness to his face it's like yeah this mm-hmm. is 
my 9 to 5 job is just torturing people you know yeah. i think that added to the brutality it's like yeah this is what i do so yeah, you're going to tell mm. me this done okay i'm going to knife you next i don't want to tell me cool i'm i believe you i'm just going to hit you yeah. he does it so yeah. it's so mundane for him which makes it all the more like what the fuck is this machine this is this is like uh, this is the side that to him that he refers saying where he hasn't done some of the nicest things um yeah. and when you get to see that unfold i was like ah oh, damn like i'm i'm conflicted about this joel i i don't quite like this but i also see why he's doing it um and uh, the yeah, the scene that i was talking about which the change is joel discovers her in the restaurant as in this because he's running through the town searching for her mm-hmm. here obviously she like she goes to town on um, on david and then ultimately runs out and joel finds her and she's in shock and she's screaming and this is the first time she she fully opens up and she like she just collapses into his arms and uh, it's, it's a real powerful emotional moment because joel has no idea what's happened and she won't tell him obviously so he's just like trying to hold hold her and just be there for her and as like oh that that really worked that that's that's a change i would not have made myself but mm-hmm. i can see why why they made made that change was it because it really left the power out of his hands and yeah it's like i want to it's it's terrible when you want to help someone you care for and you can't that helplessness exactly. is its own bit of despair yeah. and he's like okay how can i then i mean he resorts to baby girl which is what he used to call his yeah. daughter and at mm-hmm. that point it signifies all walls are down like there's there's down yeah there's no withholding anymore they are mm-hmm. father daughter father daughter uh, yeah and proper which leads us to episode 9 where they ultimately end up at the firefly camp in salt lake city well, this episode was was way too short for me i i'm going mm-hmm. to like get my criticism out of the way i blinked and it was over it's like did this have to be so short did it have to be so um could we have not have spent a little more time with marlene could we not have spent a little more time with um at least running across one But, more pack of the infected where again my question yeah what where would what would you include in that added time i feel like uh, the part where he's trying to get get her to like uh, open up um just before they meet the giraffes mm-hmm. would have been maybe some padding there would have helped um but yeah so joel and ellie get cornered by some fireflies who don't know who they are they knock joel out Joel wakes up and Marlene's talking to him about how the cordyceps have like you know more or less taken over her brain the only way to formulate a cure is to um, perform surgery and inadvertently kill her um and like her like like her brain or like whatever fungus that's growing in her head may ultimately be the cure to humanity and this is the point in the game where a lot of people were conflicted but everyone said oh joel should have done the right thing and and let ellie die and in the end he would have um you know cured might the, the whole of one life for the life of uh, for the lives of millions is what people were pitching the idea to and I, this is a wonderful youtube comment that i saw under a video that i was listening to today and about this guy and he said he was talking to his dad about it and his dad's like that that was a stupid thing um you know like joel should have let her die and it would have saved the human race and to which this guy said but dad if that were me 
what would you do uh, like would you have made would you like also let me die and he's like not a chance in the world uh, and that <laughs> and and that's basically what uh, the, the game hammers home right it's- ఉంటాయి you know there are variations of the trolley problem uh, of the thought experiment now this essentially mm-hmm. is a variation where the one person is your child do you still run that person over and save the others mm-hmm. there is no right answer yeah it it varies person to person it varies life stage to life stage you and i we don't have kids we may we will try as we might we'll not be able to 100% empathize with a parent until you have your yeah. own child and Mm-hmm. and then after that there are some there are some decisions which supersede logic you you mm-hmm. cannot have a philosophical discussion with a parent and say kill your child and i mean this mm-hmm. goes all the way back to the old testament you have abraham god asking abraham mm-hmm. to sacrifice his child and even mm-hmm. the you know the dick old testament god was like hey hey i was just testing you don't kill your child mm-hmm. if that's a step mm-hmm. too far yeah it's a message as old as time and i the the beauty is in the complexity but you have mm. to oh, how do i put this you have to be comfortable with the fact that there is no correct answer here yeah. until you do that you are just going to be like hey okay this is uncomfortable whatever you know it's asking me kya exactly that's the point there is no right answer and uh, <laughs> it leads to a sequence where joel basically just wipes out the entire facility um in in a firefly single handedly like leaves a trail of bodies in his wake and ends up in the surgery room and here's a little bit of trivia one of the nurses in that scene hey, do you want do you want to mention that the character Laura Bailey no Laura Bailey and who plays a very integral character in okay part 2 <laughs> okay okay so that's that's all i'm going to say but anyway mm-hmm. um the he shoots the doctor just gets the nurses gets Ellie off the um off the table and drives her home telling her that uh, there was no cure there are more people like you and it didn't work out so we're just taking we're just heading back to uh, we're just heading back to Jackson and it, just like how the game ends it literally beat to beat beat for beat yeah. uh Ellie asks him if he's telling the truth and and he says he does he does and and she says okay but you know that she doesn't believe him and that's when again that is uh, the most ambiguous okay most open to yeah. interpretation what does that okay signify Cle- yeah. i mean yeah the okay does not signify that she believes his tale she's not dumb mm-hmm. does the okay signify where she's like okay i hear you and i understand that you're lying to me and you know fine i will accept this lie but things have irrevocably changed for us going yeah. forward or yeah. is it an okay that says I know you're lying but uh you know we love each other so much that it's okay and that is more important than the fact that we're not saving the world that that okay can mean 100 other things it's it's a yeah. great way to leave it to the viewer to decide what they want the interpretation to be and that a uh, great point to end the show what a, i remember playing the game and then it ends on that note and i was like ah 
Are you going to leave me? And there was no announcement of a sequel back then, right? You were just like, is this how this game ends? <laughs> oh, dude. Fuck? <laughs> oh, that, that, that's painful. And then uh, the trailer drops for Last of Us 2 about two, three years later. And I'm just like, okay, let's, we're going back into this world. There's going to be more of an answer. Now, uh, that's the show and that's the series. And uh, it has been an enjoyable viewing and uh, gaming experience. Now, I, before we wrap up this episode, I want to spend a few minutes talking about The Last mm-hmm. of Us 2 because HBO has greenlit two more seasons of this. The, the Last of Us 2 is is a tale of revenge, like straight up revenge. It is a wonderful game. In fact, I at times it probably is better than the first. Actually, not it's a lie. I mean, it I'm, I'm not even going to like is. it. Is it is 100% it is better than the first. The, the first game is... A, Beautiful. The second game is the first game. Like I said, it's straightforward story, great uh, character building, blah blah, all of that. Second game, straight up, the story itself is a masterpiece. The levels to it. I mean, I it is just there's I whatever little I've played, whatever little I know of games, there is nothing like it out there. Nothing. Even the watching the playthroughs, what I felt. I mean, I can't even imagine playing the game. It is, oof. I was just like playing it off the cuff as, you know, because I played part one and I was like, let's just see what happens with part two. It was in my library and <laughs> I finished part two over the weekend because uh, <laughs> I've been playing little by little for about two months now and I just finally got to the end. Of, and Saturday I was like, okay, I maybe have an hour left of this game. So let me see what happened. And I'm obviously a lot more efficient this time around than I was the first time around. I was not, it, it requires a lot of stealth and uh, I was not patient the yeah. first time I played it. Second time around, I was like, okay, it's, I, I know how to like navigate this world a lot more uh, efficiently. Um, also, but, uh, something happens hmm. at the start, kind of the start of the yeah. game, which drives the plot forward. Uh, there are a lot of comments that said, uh, why couldn't the second part of the game be the first part? So, you know, it you get the context as to why whatever happened, happened. Mm, yeah. like, no, that's not the point. The point is that you feel the same way that the protagonist of the first half feels. And mm. that cannot be achieved if you already have background context on that other character. Yeah, It should be as sudden for you as it is in the game. And you take that anger and that desire for revenge as a person, as a player playing that game which only adds to the experience it is a master class in sequencing of events as well my experience with the last of us is very similar like in terms of the story is very similar to a korean film called i saw the devil which mm. i think everyone should watch it's on prime i, I just realized it's on prime and it was remade in years equivalent or revenge mm. it's about revenge right it's a revenge story about what not just what revenge does because most revenge stories are about like this a sense of gratification towards the end, which is so not the case. Revenge leaves a person, it kind of hollows a person out. Exactly. Yeah, and that's kind of what happens in The Last of Us 2 as well, right? Because as you're going along this story, you it becomes in, increasingly uncomfortable to play it. Especially, there are yes, there are parts of it that are brutal, grisly, and you're like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's... Yeah, no, and then there and are the points flip in the game. Not even when the flip happens. I think there is there are certain points just before the flip where you're just like, what the fuck are we doing? Um, yeah. There's... Uh, you there's start the question, are you going too far? Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a, there's a sequence where you're interrogating um, a soldier about the whereabouts of a person, and you just and and you beat the shit out of them, and they're in like they fall into this little uh, room filled with spurs, and you just uh, pummel them till they give you the information, and it cuts to the scene of the person like who's being interrogated, like who interrogated them, and they're just holding onto the onto the dresser, saying. um i i can't believe what i did and uh, she told me everything i really she told me absolutely everything but this person is living with the consequences of of those actions uh mm-hmm. and of course there's the whole aquarium sequence which um um which is just before the flip where the, the protagonist totally realizes that what a monster they've become uh and then the flip happens and then you spend time with two very interesting characters in in Levia in in Lev and Yara uh, Yara yeah so um and that journey and initially i wasn't a fan of it the first my first play through i was like this is this needed to be an hour or two shorter but that's because i was like running through the game i'm so used to like i was expecting a 15 hour campaign and my first criticism of when i played the game was if you're telling a story that requires revenge to be such a plot main main plot point you can't have it over such a extended period because the the game is not easy it is even on a normal difficulty it takes a lot of effort it's, and a lot of patience very hard it's very taxing and by the end of it you are exhausted and you are not happy and it's it's not a happy feeling the game does not have a happy ending i'll say i'll say that no. um it, it and if anything it leaves you feeling empty and distraught and i'm telling you it's the the way they've structured the narrative right from that pivotal event making you angry to the end of the game leaving you hollow it is literally made to desi- uh, ma- design to make you feel the effect if you were to be taking revenge and naughty dog aren't idiots they knew they knew that this would divide the fan base mm. yet you see every day you see a lot more people turning who are like you know what i hated the last of us to when it came out but i love that game now i understood it it takes time uh and mm. i thought when i finished it the first time i would never play it again purely because how how i felt at the end and i loved mm. the game when i first played it and but to, but when i got to it the end a lot that, out of you it i was zonked and uh amash my my friend who met was also like dude that was amazing but that was a lot mm. uh and he's a big last of us fan like and even we we were both like in terms of creative choices the game we were on board i don't think for a second we doubted that you know what um this was the wrong thing to have done i am a big fan of of directors taking uh stories down different paths like not going down the familiar route you got the familiar route in the first game let the second game uh go its own way and it's a unique gaming experience you will never play a game like that again and i mm. and i will always remember the first time i played the last of us 2 and just how much it affected me and have as i played through it again of how much i had appreciated it even more it's i have it on the ps5 and i it's got an update for the ps5 even on the ps4 on the base ps4 which is i had the first edition it was a gorgeous looking game and it's still one of the prettiest looking games i've ever played at points i'm just like how did you manage to run this on a ps4 console in 2020 37 years after release that's it's insane and like full props to the team i mean in the spirit of the game i am 
very much looking forward to seasons 2 and 3 but i'm also absolutely not looking forward to seasons 2 and 3 there are some casting choices i hope they make them <laughs> the person who ends up getting cast in, in in those in that role i hope they don't have any social media <laughs> yeah can you imagine I don't know the pylon very tricky casting that's going to be very tricky mm. casting i i believe there'll be some creative differences i think in terms of the game and the show Yeah, because, because that is, I mean, who do you cast, and you will have to subject them to a lot of online ridicule. I'm sure everyone, who, I mean, curiosity gets the cat. So a lot of people uh, right now are online watching the story to <laughs> to the to the Last of Us too. Yeah, I have a friend this afternoon who I met, and and then she was like, uh, I can't wait two three years. Tell me the story. And I just sent her the video, and now she's texting me, going, "What? What the hell?" Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. But, but okay, um, the last, the last of us two yeah, will, guys, will probably require. Mm, yeah, all uh, I can uh, say uh, is, if you part, felt uh, this was grueling, you you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah, you have. To, there are two factions that pop up. There are, of course, the infected, and there's that those lousy shamblers. Uh, it's just shamblers are irritating, but fun. Yeah, By the way, Neil and Craig have said uh, they've taken feedback. Next seasons are going to have a lot more infected, so buckle up. Oh, goodness! Okay, nice. Uh, that's <laughs> us, I guess, on the Last of Us recap. That's the Last of Us. We are done. No, no, we'll be back. <laughs> I think we'll. There's a game no, I mean, for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> for this episode, I, I do want to discuss the Last of Us two in detail, and we'll probably do that with with a guest. Uh, at some point we'll be back again next week for a new episode until then uh, take care see you soon bye bye so they opened their big mouths and now came talk talk talk